Hey everybody and welcome to Growth Week. My name is Justin Doro. I'm a certified John Maxwell Leadership Coach as well as the lead pastor here at Word of Truth Ministry. And with me in the studio is the one and only Redin Doro. Hey babes, how are you feeling today? I'm great. Thank you very much, Pastor Jai. It's been a very interesting journey just talking about the whole aspect of putting on Christ and what it means because a lot of these things are easier said than done. And I'm coming to learn more and more that when it comes to the Christ-like virtues or walking in the ways of Christ, it's a daily thing. When we make a decision to put on Christ, there are four categories of our lives that need to be transformed and radically changed by that decision of putting on Christ. So that's what we've been talking about this whole week. So I'm just going to jog everybody's memory and remind them what it is that we've been talking about. The first category was your sexual life, where we say that your sexual life should be fitting of the Christ brand that you are wearing. You Mm -hmm. cannot be Christ-like if your sexual life is the same as what we see on TV, the same as what the world is teaching, where you can just bear all and be naked and do as you feel. And we said, keep your pants on because that is what is required of somebody who is Christ-like. And then the second one is your desires and ambitions, where we say that you should not wear yourself out. Do not be greedy. Do not be propelled by greed because you are constantly chasing after something and those desires will never be satisfied. So put on Christ, wear Christ. And when you're wearing Christ, you have a spirit of contentment and you experience his peace. And you know that what you have is more than enough. And then the third category is your attitude. When you're wearing the Christ brand, the attitudes of your heart must be the same as those of Christ. We read that beautiful scripture from Philippians chapter 2 from verse 4 where we hear that let this attitude that was in Christ also be in you. So Pastor Justin, won't you just take us into the fourth and final category? Indeed, when you are wearing Christ, the final category of your life that needs to change is your speech. Your language must change. The Bible says in Colossians chapter number 3 and verse 8, but now you must also rid yourself of all such Things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. He says, do not lie to one another anymore since you have taken off the old self. So the old self allowed you or permitted you to lie to one another. The old self permitted you to use filthy language. But now he says, put it off since you have put on the new renewed man. Filthy language is such a big issue, Reds, in our generation. Hollywood has made swearing and cursing fashionable. They made it the in thing. And we have a generation that grew up thinking that using expletives and foul language, profanity, swearing at one another is such a cool thing, such that now they cannot even have a decent conversation without swearing. Just the other day, sitting at the table, somebody started using foul language and everyone around them (laughs) looked at me trying to see what am I going to do in my heart because this is this person it was their first time coming to our house and sitting around our table in my heart I just said well I'm gonna give them the three strike rule you know that silent three strike you say this again say it one more time and I'm really gonna 
jump into this. And the hope was they will see that we are not swearing, we're not using that language, and they would stop using it. And indeed, they caught on that. But if they had not, I was going to say, like what old people used to say, it's time to wash your mouth with soap. I don't know if you've ever heard this. Our parents would say, you need to go wash your mouth with soap, or they'll say, I'll put, you know, chilies in that mouth. But generally, the, the term they use for punishing somebody who has a foul mouth is go wash your mouth with soap. So that's the title of today's episode, Wash Your Mouth Out. Yeah, that is so true, Pastor Jay, because um, we watch movies, we listen to music nowadays, we even read it. Uh, it's it's a lot of French that is being spoken, and I'm sorry mm. to the French people, uh, but that's how we say it here in Africa. When somebody's <laughs> using foul language, when someone is swearing a lot, we say they're speaking French because because we say it's a strange language. It's a language that people should not understand. And I know that Hollywood has discipled us into this mm-hmm. because we are almost 99%, I would say, 99% of the movies nowadays that are PG-13 and up use a lot of foul language. Mm-hmm. And even the ones that would say PG-13, you, you shouldn't be hearing language in those, but they yeah. still bad language in there, which is why our teenagers, our young children are also swearing because that's what they're hearing on a daily basis. So the movie industry makes it cool, makes it fashionable to swear. And we are seeing it as well in the church where Christians will speak Christianese on a Sunday morning in church in front of everyone, but back at the ranch in their houses, in their cars, when they're stuck in traffic, when they're upset about something, they are speaking French and that is not synonymous with being Christ-like. If you are wearing the Christ brand, the words that come out of your mouth should be a representation of what you are wearing. I remember, Pastor Jay, back in the days, we always knew that a person who's a gentleman, a person who's dressed like an executive, does not use foul language. They speak very well. They articulate themselves very well. But that is no longer the case because Hollywood is showing us people that look executive using a lot of French. And as a Christian who wears a Christ brand, that is not cool at all. You need to wash your mouth out. So as the old people say, go and wash your mouth out with soap. In the Christian world, we say you need to go and wash yourself out, not with the soap, not with the water of the world, but with the water of the word of God. And we are going to get into that a little bit later. So good, Reds. Really is good. Now, washing, let's face it, washing our mouth out is not easy. Most people struggle to control their mouths. And the book of James gives us this idea that the tongue is among the most difficult members of the body to control. And he actually says whoever is able to control their tongue actually controls their whole body. And I think it's worth reading this whole portion of scripture for uh, emphasis purposes. The Bible says in James 3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the entire animal. Take sheep, for example. He says, although they are so large, they are driven by strong winds, yet they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. And he says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. It makes great boasts. Consider what great a forest it sets on fire. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And it itself 
is set on fire by hell. And he says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being is able to tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. That's a mouthful. So before we look at all the other good and important things that James says, verse 8 makes it clear. No human being can tame a tongue. It's hard to control your mouth because your tongue wants to do its own thing. But the only way you can do it is by allowing Christ to control it for you. So when you put on Christ, Christ then begins to control your tongue. And uh, let's talk about this challenge of trying to control one's tongue ready. You know, it's so interesting how, how James compares the tongue to horses and, and ships because the tongue is just a small portion of the body and yet it controls everything. So sure. it does not matter how big you are on the outside. If you've got a big mouth and you just say things without even being aware of what you're saying, it can actually control you. And so if you don't allow Christ and his spirit and his word to dwell on the inside of you, it means that you are going to be controlled by what you speak. In a nutshell, your words determine the direction of your life. If you want to see where you're going, look at what you're saying. Sure, that's so good. Uh, he also says that your tongue is a world of fire. <laughs> it's like there's so much fire. He says he actually says it's set on fire by hell. So if there's a wow. if there's a member of your body that's susceptible to the demonic, is your tongue. Yeah. So if you don't control it, it will set your life on fire. You know. Most of the biggest fights we have had in the world, even if you think of it as you're listening to us, guys, if you think of some of your biggest fights, they were started by words. So if you don't check and control your mouth, your mouth will set on fire everything that you uh, you value. If you think of it, the words of your mouth can either build a person or break them down. And most of our relational regrets are over words we said or did not say. No. You know, sometimes we lose a relationship because we just could not get our mouth to say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we lose a relationship because we got our mouth to say, I don't care. And yet deep inside, you really do care. So your mouth can ruin your entire life. The Bible says life and death is in the power of yeah. the tongue. So we need to make sure that as Christians, our mouths are releasing life. We are speaking words that give life and not words that give death. And this is hard. But if we allow Christ to rule over our lives and we put on Christ, even our language will change. Hmm. That is so true, Pastor Jay. So your words as a Christian will reveal whether you are serious about your faith or mm. not. Just by listening to you. So it's not always about what you do. It's mm. also what you say. The Bible says even a fool is considered wise if he keeps his mouth shut. A lot of us will do well by just keeping our mouth shut. So we good. must not be quick to speak in a situation. Let's first consider what is happening before we open our mouths. So the minute you open your mouth, you'll give people a window into whatever is in your heart. Sure. The Bible also says, and this was Jesus himself speaking, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks 
speaketh. So what you are saying is actually showing what is deep on the inside of your heart. The heart is an organ that is hidden and people cannot know what you are pontificating on the inside until you open your mouth. Yeah. So watch what you are saying because it reveals the condition of your heart. I watched a movie called um, uh, Joyful Noise where the daughter thought, you know, by speaking foul language, she was being mature and everything else that goes with it. And then the mother says it is catty. It is lazy, foul language. It's lazy. You are not taking time to express yourself properly. You think if you just speak French, I'm expressing how it feels. And that is not so. So if you are wearing the Christ brand, your speech has to change and your conversation must be Christ-like. But for that to happen, your heart has to be regenerated by the power of the word of God. That's good. You know, as Christians, our words are weighty. Like if you think of that idea, life and death is in the power of your tongue. You can't just say things loosely. Yeah. In fact, here's what the Bible says. In the end, we are going to give account of every idle word. So every time you're using profanity and you're using those filthy words, one day before Jesus Christ, you're going to give an account of every idle word that you've spoken. So words are that powerful and words are weighty. If you think of it, there are some people that are super confident just because they were being told good words. And then there are some people who once were confident and somebody spoke bad words over them and they've lost all their confidence. And I've realized over the years, Reds, that our words are so weighty. Myself as a boss, for argument's sake, everybody who's under my employ, if I say something, the weight of my words is heavy than any other person. And as a father more so, I've realized that as fathers, and if you're listening to this and you're a father, the words of a father are very, very weighty. You can't just use your words anyhow because you can destroy your children by just one word because that word is so weighty that it will control the direction of your child's life forever. Now, in Matthew 15 and verse 11, listen to this. Jesus says, a man is not defiled by what goes into his mouth, but by what comes out of his mouth. So what you say can actually render you unclean and useless for the kingdom of God. That's what that word defiled means. It can ruin the entire outfit. I remember you said earlier, Reds, that in the olden days, if somebody was a gentleman, if they were wearing a suit, you didn't expect them to say foul things, to have a bad attitude. Nowadays, you find somebody wearing a suit and you think, wow, such a gentleman, until they open their mouth. Yeah. And the words that come out of their mouth will ruin that picture. So if you were saying, wow, here comes a gentleman, here comes a man of God. And the moment they open their mouth and you hear all this foul language coming out of their mouth, you're like, run, run away from them because your words can actually defile you. Now, Reds, let's talk about how you can actually wash your mouth out. It's one thing to know that we need to wash our mouths. How can we actually do this? Yeah, so washing your mouth is not uh, washing your mouth with Colgate or with Aquafresh or with mouthwash. <laughs> that is not what we are referring to, everyone. We are talking of washing your mouth with the water of the word of God. And I'm so confident, Pastor Jay, that if we send people to the word of God, and if they spend enough time in the word of God, mm -hmm. they will come back speaking a better language than That's they good. are doing right now. And even so, you know, when we're talking of um, washing your mouth out, it's we are zeroing in 
on the profanity that comes out of people's mouths. And we are zeroing in on the French, the swearing that people do. Sometimes, if you notice, it's not swearing that the people oh, yeah. do. It's negative talk. So you may be saying, Slam oh, I don't, I don't swear, so, so I'm good. And, but you are cutting people down. The things that you are saying are not building, they are destroying. So you are in the same category. If you spend more time in the word of God, you speak a better thing. And the first step, okay, the first step to getting rid of that foul language is to fill your heart with good words. And David taught us this very well in Psalm 119 verse 11. And I love this where he says, thy word have I hidden in my heart so I may not sin against you. So in other words, if you take time to fill your heart with the word of God, you will not sin against him by speaking profanity. You will not sin, sin against him by speaking words that destroy, that cut, that curse other people. And that whole aspect of filling your heart means that the heart is supposed to be full of something. It mm. cannot be empty. As long as your heart is empty, the enemy is going to find something to fill it up with. You yeah. have to consciously, intentionally spend time in the word of God and bury, hide that word in your heart so that when you speak, you are speaking the words of God. So good. The second thing that you can do to get rid of bad language, foul language, is to practice the art of speaking God's word out loud. In Joshua chapter number one and verse eight, the Bible says, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So the idea here is it's not enough to just hide the word of God in your heart. Whenever you have time, start speaking that word. Just meditate upon it. Go over it again. If you can keep it constantly on your lips, you are removing or you are limiting the chances of your tongue choosing foul words. You are going to use Christian words. You know, we talk about Christianese. When you come to church, why is it people use certain words? It's because they have practiced them. They've said them so many times that in that environment, it just becomes natural to use those words. So you have to practice. You have to practice it. Say it out loud. Say it until when you say it, it feels like it's your words. You know, many times people ask me, how is it that you're so wise? How is it what I'm doing? I'm simply saying the things that the master says, and he's the one who bears the wisdom. And because I've said it so many times, it's, it's just natural. You ask me something, my natural response is going to come out of the word that I've hidden and practiced over and over. Mm -hmm. So that means it takes practice. It takes time. Yeah. There's no um, Shortcut. shortcuts. There's no microwave cooking. There is no instant coffee when it yeah. comes to this. You have to brew your coffee over time. And so the third one is, and I know this is a tough one for many people, and, and, and we've seen it, Pastor Jay, just doing life with people and even in counseling where you give them advice to stay away from certain things and they can't do it. Stay away from foul mouthed friends. It's as simple as that. Stay away from foul mouthed friends. In Psalm 1, David says, and I remember the Psalm because we had to learn it when we were in Sunday school, we had to learn mm -hmm. it by head and I still remember it by head. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or set foot on the path of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. So this to me shows that there are certain things that you 
develop in community, that you learn in community. Just like how we say children are raised in community. Language is developed in community. It reminds mm-hmm. me, we've got friends that are in Johannesburg. Their family is, um, the mother is Spanish, the father is Shona, and the community that they live in speaks many different languages. So they purposed in their hearts to teach their children their native tongues. So the mother yeah. speaks in Spanish, the father speaks in Shona to their child. And we went, we did it the other way. So we asked them, we're like, why don't you teach your child English so that they can converse with everybody else? And you guys already understand English and they said to us English will be taught in community because that is what everyone else is speaking so we must teach them something they are not hearing every day so the same thing is true with language it's developed in community if you spend time with people that use certain words you find yourself using the exact same words and I've got it with my one friend Portia she always says my good husband to her husband and ever since I say that to my husband I'm like (laughs) my good husband my good husband because that's how she she speaks and there are other words that I've picked from her and other friends around me as well yes there are other words that we pick from many friends friends simply because we are spending enough time. So if your friends are always talking dirty, using foul language, speaking French, you are going to do the same because birds of a feather flock together. And so the blessing of your breakthrough, and we just want to say it from the answer to everybody who's listening to us right now, the blessing or your breakthrough rather is in deciding not to walk or hang out with such people. We know that it is very difficult. This is what I was referring to when we say to people, you need to cut ties with certain people because they are a bad influence and because they want to be diplomatic they don't want to let go of that thing that they've held on to they find it very difficult but the scripture is very clear have nothing to do with certain people if you hang around with people that speak foul language you too are going to be speaking foul language so true ready which brings us to number four season your words with grace. This is so important. The Bible says in Colossians 4 verse 6, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So Paul is saying to us as Christians, if you are putting the Christ brand, you want to make sure that your words are seasoned with salt. Salt is a a preservative. They're saying that make sure that your words are preserving the relationships, preserve um, what you are trying to build as a Christian. You can't just be careless with your words. Your words must be seasoned. And again, seasoning your, wor- your, your words means that you need to make sure that they have a certain flavor. Mm-hmm. So there is a flavor that is called Christian language, not filthy language, not that Hollywood language that we are trying to imitate. There has to be a flavor that comes out of your mouth and that flavor, everybody will say that's Christ-like. You know, when we say certain things and people say, wow, are you a Christian? How do they know? Because the flavor is not a worldly flavor. It is something that has been seasoned by grace and grace is an enabling agent. So, When you speak to people, make sure that you're building them up. You're speaking life, not death. And so he says, always, not sometimes. So you don't say, well, I'm upset. I'm just going to use angry words. Mm -hmm. And that's what Christians often say. Like, oh, well, when I'm upset, I forget all these things. Yeah, Yeah. no excuse. (laughs) But but there's no excuse. He says, always, at all times, make sure that whatever is coming out of your mouth is glorifying God because it's seasoned 
with salt. That is so, so, so true, Pastor Justin. And so this brings us to the fifth point, which says that you need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Remember, we said in the beginning that it is difficult to control the tongue without the power of the Holy Spirit. Like I was saying, you cannot control the horse without the bit in its mouth. Mm. So to control your tongue, you cannot do it on your own. You must never be too proud and too macho to say, I don't need any help. I can do this. You cannot do it on your own. You are a horse. You need to have that bit in your mouth and that has to be Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost and we find this story in the book of Acts um, um, chapter one going on, no, chapter two going on forward. He gave people utterance. They were given the ability to speak in other tongues. And we know that that was a heavenly language. So if Holy Spirit had not come down, they would not have been given that utterance. So when you put Holy Spirit on the inside, when you fill yourself with Holy Spirit, your words become holy. It goes without saying. We find it also in Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, where Paul says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. It doesn't say songs from the flesh. It doesn't say songs from the the world, but songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Holy Spirit is key in controlling your tongue and filling your heart so that what you speak is seasoned by him. Wow, Reddy, that's so true. Well, that's all the time that we have. And I must say, this has been a really good conversation. Thank you, Reds, for taking time out of your busy schedule to just chat with me and help me convey this all too important message to our podcast listeners. I hope we'll be seeing you back here in the studio in the near future to chat with us and our podcast listeners on future subjects. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been very interesting, very exciting. And I want to just say to everybody, uh, just because we are pastors doesn't mean we have it together. So I have learned something new every single day. I have to purpose in my heart that I am wearing Christ and I am filled with the spirit. So good. Well, guys, we have come to the end of our week-long conversation on putting on Christ. And I really hope that if you are a Christian, you are already seriously considering who you are wearing. And I hope this conversation has strengthened your whole resolve to keep your pants on. And for those who are go-getters out there, I hope we have challenged you enough to check your ambitions and your dreams to make sure that you are not wearing yourself out chasing after material things because in the end of it all it will all come to nothing and for those who are meticulous about what you are wearing remember it's not the outfit it's always the fitting attitude that determines who you really are and finally like we say today after everything is said and done it's not what goes in but what comes out of your mouth that has the power of defiling you. So don't forget to wash your mouth out. If you have enjoyed this conversation, again, I want to take this opportunity to remind you to subscribe to this podcast and to share this with your friends. We want people to join in on this growth journey. Well, it's goodbye for now. And until next month, let's keep growing.